This is Tim Staten with Tim Stating the Obvious. What is this podcast about? It's simple. You are entitled to great leadership everywhere you go, whether it's to church, whether it's to work, whether it's at your house, you are entitled to great leadership. And so in this podcast, we take leadership principles and theories and turn them into everyday, relatable, and usable advice. And a quick disclaimer, this show, process, or service by trademark, trademark manufacturer, otherwise does not necessarily constitute an implied endorsement of anyone that I employed by or favors them in representation. The views are expressed here in my show are my own expressed and do not necessarily state or reflect those of any employer. Hey, and welcome back to another episode. In the last episode, we talked about productivity. In this episode, we're going to be talking about how to live in the now and focus on the future. I remember a mentor of mine once told me, live in the now, but ensure you're always planning for the future. I took that as having to divide my time planning and looking at the future more to shape conditions, resource critical friction points, and develop branch and sequel plans in case things didn't go quite as planned. This also included getting out of my office, walking around and talking to people, listening to the friction points that are currently happening, and issues that people were currently dealing with so I could adequately incorporate those plans into the future to potentially get rid of those uh, issues and friction points or mitigate them as much as possible for the future. Deloitte, a research group, found that CEOs equally want to spend time addressing long-term threats and needs to focus on short-term economic issues. Over two-thirds of CEO ranked core business transformation and talent acquisition among their top three priority investment areas. Well over half considered new market innovations to be uh, one of their top three priority investments. There appears to be an intention to balance immediate issues such as labor shortages with continuous disruption of uh, volatility over time. As a result, CEOs continue to pursue longer-term strategic goals by investing in business transformation and innovation while not sacrificing focus on the short term. So what does this all mean? Have you ever thought maybe some of the CEOs may appear to be kind of bipolar at times? Well, it's because they have to be. They are in a constant state of focusing on the strategic level and the future while dealing with the immediate target. I call this looking at the future threat while also dealing with the first thing that's kind of punched me in the face. They can't do this alone, and that's why they have a great staff and help, and that helps them accomplish this. Currently, CEOs are finding two-thirds of their time are focused on transformation and talent acquisition, meaning how can the organization adapt and keep progressing forward? What does the organization do well now and whatever its weaknesses and threats? Uh, and how can the organization transform to fill the gaps and to come out better postured and prepared for uh, what's to come than its competitors? Then there's talent acquisition. The Society for Human Resource Management states that talent acquisition uh, programs are strategies that organizations use to attract, identify, and hire talent individuals who are best suited for specific roles within the company. The goal of talent acquisition programs is to ensure that the company is able to attract and retain the best talent available in the job market. As leaders, it's important to understand that talent acquisition programs are a crucial aspect of any organization's success. This is why CEOs consider this as a top three priority to focus on. Effective talent acquisition programs can help your company identify higher skilled individuals who have the knowledge, experience, and qualities needed to excel in their respective roles. Talent acquisition programs typically involve a range of activities such as job postings, recruiting events, and interviews. They may also include the use of technology and data analytics to identify potential candidates, as well as assessments to evaluate their skills and fit within organizations' cultures. 
And I would even say uh, that that aspect has grown more so even with, you know, artificial intelligence integrations with apps and uh, psychological evaluations to really determine who's going to be a good fit uh, for those for those organizations. Uh, you know, the job postings are critical and the recruiting events and the interviews, but they really focus on the technology and the data analytics, uh, along with the psychological evaluations that really help tie in. Is this person going to be a great investment for the future? It's important to note that talent acquisition programs are not just about hiring individuals for immediate needs, but also building a pipeline of talented individuals for future growth and development. I would say that this would be a considerable amount of time for CEOs to spend time on. Remember, you have to live in the now and look to the future. You're constantly evaluating where you are with your talent and examining if that's going to be enough for the future and where you need to strengthen your weaknesses. So you have to grow your people internally uh, to rise to the occasion and meet the needs of where your future customers are going to be and what the future market is going to look like. Then you also have to bring in new blood as well uh, to bring in fresh ideas to eliminate groupthink so that way they uh, can contribute to the growth of the organization. So the last area that takes up CEO's time is new market innovations. So new market innovations are new products, services, or technologies that create entirely new markets or transform existing ones. It's important to understand the significance of new market innovations as they could provide opportunities for growth, competitiveness, and differentiation. New market innovations can come from various sources like emerging technologies, the changing of customers' needs and behaviors, or shifts in the competitive landscape. For example, the emergence of smartphones back in the day and mobile apps have transformed the way people interact with technology, created new markets for app developers, mobile service providers, and other related industries. And I would argue that if you aren't looking to establish a virtual space, you probably should think about how that fits in your business model. Think about how quickly uh, things changed from cell phones to mobile smart devices. So a new market of innovation we are seeing now is with the integrations of augmented reality and virtual reality. So in 10 years from now, um, that's going to be more of the norm and not so much of a, as an outlier, especially with uh, wearable technology and integrated wearable technology, especially when it comes into glasses, you know, Google glasses, uh, still really expensive right now, but it's probably going to come down. Uh, in the future and now uh, with meta how your phone could be projected uh, all of that is changing the landscape of business and how people communicate and interact and if you're not planning for a virtual space or an augmented space um, you know you, you might be leaving yourself out so I would definitely pay attention to that so in order to take advantage of new market innovations organizations must be agile and adaptable and be willing to invest in research and development to stay ahead of the curve like we just talked about this may include collaborating with external partners such as startups universities or research institutes to use their experiences and resources CEOs are constantly looking for the future to see what the organization must do today to prepare and anticipate for shifts in customer behavior and needs. With emerging technologies, this shift is even quicker and you could even miss the opportunity if you aren't prepared or preparing. It's also important for organizations to have a culture that encourages innovation and experimentation and to provide a supportive environment for employees to explore new ideas and take calculated risks. This is why CEOs spend half their time on this area as a priority. Uh, we had a episode, a couple episodes back, talk about psychological safety and how this year uh, psychological safety is going to be a huge trend, making sure that people have the space to be able to openly talk 
uh, and share ideas, even if it's counter to the current culture and be able to share ideas that may not be popular, but we need to talk about uh, because they're probably a problem area. And if you, you don't develop that culture where it's okay to speak up and against the norm uh, when it comes to the business, you could be closing doors and missing opportunities. So with all this said, the big picture takeaway is as you increase your roles of responsibility and leadership, you should focus your areas to increase the big picture and use the Pareto principle to focus on the 20% of things that will have the 80% impact. As always, thank you for stopping by and listening to this episode, and I really hope you enjoyed it. Before we go, I'd like to ask a favor of you if I could. If you could please share this episode with one or two people who you think might like this topic. If you haven't followed or subscribed on whatever platform you're listening to that on, please hit the alert icon and the subscribe and follow icon, so that way you know when we put a new episode. I don't want to waste your time uh, with you coming back and see if we publish a new one. You just hit those icons, and you're automatically alerted when a new one comes up, which is about every two weeks. If you got some value out of this episode, please leave a comment or review so we can help spread this show with other people who might be interested in the same topics but might not have found this show yet. Again, thank you for stopping by. I'm Tim Staten, stating the obvious.